competing at a combined weight of 405 pounds. They are the reigning, defending, undisputed racing dudes, triple crown champions of the world, the What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 469. Nice, Mr. Savage. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I tell you what, Mike, if you like making money and you're not watching dudes who bet daily, what are you doing with your life? We are just uh, cashing bets all over the place. We're betting baseball. You'd think we were actually baseball fans based on how well we're doing betting baseball. Yeah, who knew, man? Uh, it's been a nice little run the last couple weeks in baseball. A lot of plus money winners. Uh, you had a nice little under today. You're streaking on what are you five and one on your last six total bets too? So it's uh, it's been a pretty good little run here. We got just gotta hope we can keep it going, keep the bets home, and I would like to wish everybody a wonderful day, except for the Belmont Stewards, who I uh, they they are <laughs> making the wrong decisions for me here last weekend and then today again. So. Not happy with them, but everyone else, I hope you're doing great out there. Belmont Stewards, well, I hope your coffee is too hot. <laughs> That's fine. Speaking of that, I just made a cup of coffee. I uh, I apologize in advance if I don't have the same exuberance that I usually have on the show. Uh, my son was sick, um, went to a birthday party last weekend, uh, and then he was sick on Monday, and we were afraid he actually had uh, an ear infection, but it seems like he was okay, just a 24-hour real big spike, and then... Yesterday it hit my wife, and today it's got me. It, it, it actually hit me shortly after Dudes Who Bet Daily ended. So uh, we're going to try and give you the best show, and we're going to try and get through the Belmont Late Pick 5 on Saturday, June 3rd, without the stewards interfering in that sequence. The first five races, I don't really care what you do personally, but the last five races, stay out of our way. Magic, this is a no-excuse show. Bring the A game. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. You're, you're, wait a second. You're drinking coffee and you're sick? Yeah. That's I need not... something to pet me up. Oh, jeez. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just, just <laughs> riders it up. Let's go. <laughs> What's wrong with coffee? Well, when you're sick in coffee, it's not good for you. That's not a good combo. You just got to let your body heal. Get some chicken noodle soup. Get some, some fluids, some Gatorade, some electrolytes. Coffee is fluids. It's fluids pushed through coffee grounds. Unbelievable. Riders up! <laughs> And I almost had it, uh, didn't have this ready to go either, too. It's, it's going to be a rough day. That's okay. We're going to get through it together. Here we go. First leg of the late pick five at Belmont Park on Saturday, June 3rd. Race six. We've got 10 Phillies and Mares, three and up, plus two also eligibles, plus two MTOs, sprinting six furlongs on that inner turf course. The N1X allowance level. Where'd you go on top, buddy? I think this is a tough race. I didn't have a mass monster opinion here, but give me Gallon Rush, the 10 horse all the way on the outside. Clement, Jose Ortiz returns aboard just like last time here. I thought that was a really good effort. First off the layoff as a four-year-old, now getting second off the layoff. Uh, it's one of those horses I've liked for a while. I remember when this one debuted all the way back in 2021. I probably talked about her in the grade three matron now I look back at it because that was a bubble rock race too. Uh but this is a horse that that has had a ton of talent, has struggled to stay at the track. The form is kind of well both literally and figuratively a little bit muddy because we've been pulled <laughs> off the turf three times in the career for Gallon a Rush. But when she turf sprints, she is in a rush. And so I'm going to go with the 10 horse on top. But I, I do think it's tough. I'm going to spread here. 
Uh, I went too deep here, and, and uh, this was my topic as well. I used two horses out of the same race here. Gallon of Rush, uh, that race uh, won by Lady Milagro, who was a, a long shot, 15 or 13 to 1. Um, it was a nose victory, but uh, at, even at the eighth pole, that horse was in front by about uh, six or seven lengths. Huge lead for Lady Milagro, and then she was screaming for the wire, as I'm sure everybody who better that day was. Um, this horse came absolutely flying with the flourish in a rush, like you would say. Um, a second off the layoff, second start at age four, you would assume this is going to be uh, a big move up for her. And, and Jose Ortiz riding 23% winners in the last year for Christophe Clement, 60% hitting the board. So all good numbers. You should get a, a career best effort. It is slightly concerning that she is one for 10 in her career. She hits the board a lot, but um, a lot of those efforts, it's it's just missing. And, and with turf sprints, you know this, Mike, it, it's all about getting the perfect trip. Any kind of trip trouble can really kind of throw you off, uh, including last time out. Jose Ortiz decided at the eighth pole, I don't need my riding crop. and just kind of threw it away and decided to hand ride her home. And she's still almost one. Yeah, only six efforts on the turf, four on the dirt. 0 for 4, never finishing the money on the dirt. The six turf efforts, one win, three seconds, one third. So as long as we stay on turf here, I think she's got a big <laughs> shot. I'm going to actually go to the horse right to her inside is the other must use for me here. A re... A redefined? Ready find? I was going to go with redefined. redefined. But I don't Re think it is redefined, is it? Yeah, it's maybe misspelled redefined. Anyway, I'm going to go to one horse uh, in second here. Look, this horse ran at five furlongs first out as a three-year-old at Tampa. Uh, went 21 and 2, 44 and 4, and it was on the pace. Uh, that's not what this horse wants to do. Um, and because that Tampa turf course, you have to be more forwardly placed if you're turf sprinting. I think that was probably the plan that day. But that is, you know, it, Redefined wants to come from off the pace. If you go back to the New York efforts as a two-year-old, all of them were solid. Uh, was in that grade three matron, ended up, a, was in the grade three matron in 2022, a year after Gal on the Rush, ended up running second to American Apples, a pretty darn good turf sprinter there. Uh, I think there's enough pace in here for her to be able to sit off it and close. I think the trip is going to go back to what we've seen in New York. And if that's the case, I think she's got a big shot here at five to one. Uh, I didn't use her. I did consider her. And if you want to go a little deeper, Mike and I both spread like crazy in the last leg because it's a classic uh, New York bread claiming race. Um, so we spread a lot in that race. If you got a stronger opinion and you want to go a little deeper somewhere else, this would be a good horse to use. My biggest concern with her is that she's this is her first time stepping outside of her restricted age group, right? She, as a two-year-old, obviously, she's only facing two-year-olds. But last time out, it was straight three-year-olds at Tampa, and she didn't really show up. And she probably needed the race, right? 144-day layoff. Second off the layoff, she should improve. But now she's facing older horses, uh, including the 10 horse that we like a lot in here. So I didn't use, but, I, you know, if, again, if you want to go a little deeper, I think is a good one. Uh, to use the other horse I used, and I know you did as well. Uh, number seven, Anna Karenin. I uh, hope I said that right. I usually say one too many n n n n n at the end of it. Uh, it's gonna be third off the layoff for her as a Chad Brown trainee, and it was privately purchased after uh, uh, running very well overseas in France in her native country. She was a stakes winner over there, sprinting at six furlongs. And then, what does Chad Brown do the first time she's in America? He puts her in a Grade Three race, going two turns in the middle of the championship at Gulfstream Park. Uh, a little, little tough spot for her. That's okay. Uh, yeah, Papilio, who was second in that race, Papilio came out and won next out. Cairo Consort, we saw how good she was all winter at Gulfstream Park. So lots of good horses in there. And then last time out at Aqueduct, at first I thought, well, shoot, she should have had every reason to get there, and she didn't. And then I watched the replay, and she was just kind of, like, she was watching Lady Milagro, and, and the horse was coming to her, but Galena Rush just came flying past her. The very last second, and I don't think Anna Crennan was getting better than third anyway, but at the last second, Galena Rush and Lady Milagro kind of pinched her out a little bit and she had to take up. I think that that difference is we're looking at a half length that she loses as she's in third, maybe a neck, and that looks a lot different than it does 
third beat in the length when you've got the second place horse in here as our top pick. So I went 10-7 uh, with my two picks here in this race. Yeah, I, I like the seven as well. I, this was actually the the fourth horse on my ticket. So I have, I have the three gumbo. I'll get into that second and third. But I, I think the Anna Karenin makes sense here. The horse is better sprinting. You mentioned it was was a stakes winner overseas sprinting. Never went further than seven furlongs. Then came to the U.S., ran in that grade three race at Gulfstream. Also drew the rail. Um, and they didn't go super fast early and didn't really mm -hmm. get a great trip because of that rail draw. So there's a lot of excuses in that first U.S. effort. Wasn't good enough to beat Gallon a Rush last time. That to me was the, the biggest knock and the reason I almost didn't use the seven. But because I found two singles in the sequence, it let me spread a little bit more here. Uh, the three gunboat for me is one of those horses where I thought this horse was phenomenal in 2021. Uh, obviously, was not able to get back to the racetrack uh, very much. Ran once in 2022. It was a, an effort over uh, at the Limestone, a stakes race at Keeneland. I thought ran okay, but not great. Russian and Daring Name were both in that race, who I think are two pretty good turf sprinters, especially in that specific three-year-old group. Now she's back first out as a four-year-old here. Uh, Shug sends her out. Kinsell gets the, the uh, pickup mount. I think this is your speed of the speed. And right now at Belmont, if I think there's a speed of the speed and I don't see everyone really pressing like crazy, I think that you have to kind of use that horse. Diamond hands right to the outside has some speed, but that's all going longer. So I think Gumbo can clear here and get a lead. If that's the case, I think she gets awfully dangerous. Uh, I went six furlongs at Aqueduct, was able to go gate to wire there. And I just think there's some upside here. And if you look at Shug's numbers, off 180 plus days, 24%, first time Lasix, 22%, turf sprinting, 16%. I'm going to trust that this horse is ready to go. And if Gumbo shows the improvement from two to four that you'd expect, I think that she makes a ton of sense here. So I'll, I'll use the three as well. And the last one on for me is the, the nine horse, Michelle M. 15 to one on the morning line here. Clement calls Rosario, which, you know, we have our feelings about Rosario, but that is his <laughs> first call generally. A really interesting horse, too. I mean, this horse at two ran twice over synthetic, broke the maiden, went right up to a $129,000 stakes race at Woodbine. Uh, it ran okay, uh, not great, but just okay in that race. This is a more realistic spot. It's first time in Clement's barn. And the fact that you've got the 10 gallon of rush here and you still decide to put Michelle M in here and Rosario picks up the mount, not one of the second tier riders. I get that he's not on the 10. It makes sense that Ortiz stays on that mount. But the fact that Rosario is the one who shows up here on Michelle M, I'll take a little bit of a shot with a nine at 15 to one. Yeah, uh, I did look at both of those horses. The gunboat was actually third up for me uh, for all the reasons that you mentioned there. I just was worried about the 414-day layoff, but uh, is owned by the breeder, Stuart Janney. And you know that the by war front out of a blame mare. If they didn't think Gunboat was going to be ready to come back to the races at age four, she's got a big prospect, a, a big future as a broodmare prospect. So uh, I was, I'm was i a little nervous about leaving the three off. As far as the 15 go, I'll let her beat me. I know you brought up Rosario riding for Clement, which is a great angle. But I think in this race, uh, it's going to be a little bit too much for her to do. And we haven't seen her on turf yet. She did run well in synthetic in her debut, but it was also at Presque Isle Downs. Uh, a little bit tougher spot here at Belmont Park. Uh, one, you talked about Diamond Hands. Neither of us used Diamond Hands in here. And, and my concern with her, it's, it's you know she's a three to one favorite. It's Irad. It's Todd Pletcher. She doesn't like to pass horses, Mike. You look at her past performances, and you have to go all the way back to her debut at Saratoga uh, in August of 2021. Nine, eight, nine starts ago, all the way to the very beginning, to find any point when she passed horses. And even then, she just kind of ran in place. It just tells me that other horses just kind of faded off out of that race. So I didn't want to use her. The cutback makes her interesting. She has been running a mile, mile on the 16th, mile and eighth last time out. I just, I, I'm just worried that she just can't pass anybody, and I don't think she's going to get the lead. I think that's going to be the three.
Yeah, the the price and, and the fact of the setup is to me what kills it. I mean, cutting back, you really have to have a different type of speed, right? I mean, she makes the lead going a mile. Well, she didn't even make the lead, but she pressed a pace of 46 and four going a mile and an eighth. When she's made the lead, she's gone 48 and two, 49 and four to the half. I, this is a different world. I mean, Gumbo can go 44 to the half, 44 and uh, what was it? 44 and four and hold on. So just a different type of speed that you need here. And I think Gunboat has it. I think Diamond Hands doesn't. If Diamond Hands doesn't make the lead and is chasing Gunboat, I, someone catches him, right? I mean, so for me, the, the way that she wins just isn't very logical here, especially at the price. And you know Pletcher and Ortiz are going to get bet. So I'm going to try and take a little bit of a stab against the favor here going five deep uh, and see if we can get a price home in the first leg. Let's move on. Second leg of the Belmont Park late pick five on Saturday, January 3rd, race seven. We've got nine maiden three-year-old males going to mile and 16th on the outer turf course. A couple of debut horses, including the three to one second choice uh, for Chad Brown. But where'd you go on top? Another tough race here. Um, I went to the six horse on top. I'm going to give a, a shot here to Ohana Honor. First time on the turf last time out. I thought it was actually a really good race, especially first time finishing against Older. So Vera rode that day. We're getting Pratt today. So you get a nice upgrade there. Love horses that are doing something for the second time. That's what Ohana Honor is doing here. Second time turf. There's a ton of pace in here, too. I think Ohana Honor gets a very good trip with Flavian Pratt. I like the price here. It's at eight to one. Because we have to flip the script here on uh, on one of our rivals today in the three horse when love takes over, but it just feels like Ohana Honor has a little bit more. It's a horse that uh, was sired by Honor Code, stands for twenty k, sold for four hundred and thirty thousand dollars. So I, I like the fact that we've got a big shot here from a price perspective there, and there are races on the dirt back at two that project out to this horse being pretty darn good. So if we can take a step forward here with Ohana Honor, I think we got a big shot at eight to one on the morning line. Um, <laughs> I didn't use Ohana Honor in, in a big reason. I also didn't use uh, the three when love takes over who this horse was behind. Uh, but it was a photo finish, right? The three horses all right there at the wire. The six uh, more than in the race as well. Yeah, uh, I think would probably be my third horse up in here. I almost singled in here. I almost actually singled the eight redistricting. And I was laughing because Mark Heff says these Clairvich stable horses have the worst names. Sounds like a nerdy engineer names them all. Let me introduce you to the owner, Seth Clarman. He's a nerdy financial engineer. He's That's exactly who he is. That's why all of them are, there's domestic spending, there's uh, uh, search results. All, all of them are just either financial or, or engineer related. So that's why Claire Fitch Stables have a, a certain pattern uh, to how they're named. Now this horse, first time starter for Chad Brown, Harad uh, is going to ride. Uh, Klarevich bought this horse for $200,000 as a yearling is sired by Kingman, who is, is a great sire overseas. But when Kingman horses come to the U.S., especially when Chad Brown is training them, oh boy, look out. They're pretty great. Uh, as far as this horse's family goes, he's a half to five older winners. Four of them are stakes placed, including one that did so in the United States. Three of them are grandchildren of Invincible Spirit. There's another one who's, one, uh, who's by Invincible Spirit himself. And the damn one, their debut going a mile. So there's a lot of reasons to love the pedigree for this horse. Uh, you are getting a short price because it is Chad and I rad with a well-bred horse. But uh, I, I almost singled the eight in here. I really, really like the eight a lot. I ended up going too deep. But uh, what did you like about the eight? I thought the eight was just, it's one of those horses where, again, if I'm singling later and I have the ability to use horses, I, I mean, I'm never going to leave the eight, uh, eight off here. And you kind of nailed it. Like... This is a Clarevich horse. Kingman's the sire. Ortiz is riding. It's it's all the signs that it's a horse that's going to fire first time for Chad Brown. 
I don't love that it's a three-year-old because a lot of time they want to try and have these horses running it too, but I, I don't hate it either. This also isn't the saltiest bunch ever. I mean, and there, it doesn't seem like there's a world beater in here, so it seems like it's a pretty good spot for a first-time starter to take a shot. So I, I thought the eight was one of those kind of you-had-to-use type horses. This was my third horse on the ticket. I went to Cumberland, the two, as the top pick. Look, again, speed on this Belmont turf has been very, very good. Cumberland is the speed of the speed here. I'm not sure who else wants the lead. Like the one horse certified lover boy has shown pace before. So I wouldn't be shocked if the one kind of presses the two a little bit and Rosario decides to just sit off. Uh, <laughs> the other big part is Calic ran for beat this horse last time out. And if you look at that last race, I mean, they went a mile on the Gulfstream Park turf and they went 23 and 3, 47 flat, 110 and 4 to 6 furlongs and finished in 140, 134 and 3. I mean, that's, that's racehorse time over that Gulfstream Park turf. And Calic is one of those where. I think you're using and I considered using in the Pine Ridge here. So the fact that Calic was the horse that ran this one down and that time was so good over that course, I felt like you couldn't leave the two off here. So I had six and two as my first two picks. I went with the other two first time starters as the other two. I think the eight, like you said, makes a ton of sense for Klarovich. Then uh, Pavan, the five horse here, the other first time starter for Horia Breu, like this is the type of horse that wins for Jorge Abreu in these spots. He debuts over a mile. We talk about this all the time. First-time starters, 15%. Debuts over a mile, 21%. Rarely do trainers have better stats debuting at longer distances. Yep. So it just – and when you're 21% over a mile and you're 15%, that means that, you know, six furlongs, seven furlongs, you're probably around, what, 12%, 11%? So this is really what he does best when you're looking at first-time starters. Jose, Jose Ortiz picks up the mount. You're getting 8-1 to one here. I, I wouldn't be shocked if this five horse is a runner and a serious threat toward the end of the race. Uh, I use the five real quick. My, Mark brings up why I left the two off. I think the one and possibly the seven go with the two and try to go. And, and he's, Mark says, you're getting Rosario, which is like riding the wheel of mystery. He's either going to gun it or he's going to pull away back. If he pulls back, this horse doesn't have any chance in hell. So I didn't feel I'm, it's enough of a gamble doing a pick five. I didn't want to gamble twice with Rosario in that spot. Uh, but a great horse to use. And yes, we're going to talk about Calic in a minute. Pavan, you nailed it. The, uh, all good points about why we like this horse. Uh, Jose Ortiz riding for Jorge Abreu, 25%, 8 for 32 in the last year. And also, you missed Oscar Performance is, is just an absolute uh, dominating sire uh, with first-time starters. It, we usually like to play Oscar Performance. I know with the two-year-olds, that's a big angle. But uh, you know, Oscar Performance is a very, very impressive three-year-old as well. And this horse should have every chance to get there. Um, so it's interesting. I'm using the two Ortiz brothers. This is the horse that kept me from singling the eight because I thought, man, like you said, Mike, this is the kind of horse that Jorge Breu can pop with first time starters when you're not quite expecting it. And eight to one uh, is a great price on here. So, uh, yeah, definitely like that one as well. I don't hate the look of just using the first two times for two first time starters in here. I mean, like, like I said, this is not a field of world beaters, right? There, it doesn't seem like those are, there's those ultra talented horses. Again, because I singled twice later, it really makes my life a lot easier because I can spread a little bit more and I can use horses like the two and the six. Um, I would have the six on the ticket no matter what. The two may have fallen off the ticket, even though it was my second pick here because of the price and because of the structure, depending on how deep, that deep I had gone in the next couple legs. But the freedom of two singles in a pick five ticket means that in the other three races, you can get as crazy as you want. And so that, that uh, to me, was the reason I was able to use these four horses. But I, I don't hate your strategy here of A. I'm going to use the two unknowns and hope that everyone else kind of doesn't improve and runs back to what they were. And one of them is a real, real horse. We've both, uh, both been disrespecting the hell out of the nine arrow of time. The third first-time starter in here. I forgot about it, too, when I started talking about the race. It's uh, uh, the nine arrow of time, a 15-to-1, not this time. 
Uh, probably not this time you're going to get the win. Maybe next time for you, buddy. That's okay. Next up, we've got uh, the first of two races that Mike Samich has a single third leg of the late pick five at Belmont Park on Saturday, June 3rd. Race 8. We've got eight New York bread meals, three and up, going a mile on the 16th on the main track at the N1X allowance level. Remember, Belmont Park's track is so big, mile on the 16th on both the outer turf and on the dirt. That's just one turn. Where are you going on top? Well, we have what? One, two, three, four, five, six horses that want the lead. <laughs> so I'm going to find a closer. <laughs> Look, this this seems like a very pace-dependent race. There, there's multiple horses that want to be out front. The mile and a 16th lends toward horses going faster early because it is a one-turn at Belmont Park. So I think you're going to see a ton of pace here. And I get a class dropper in Shadow Dragon for Bill Mott and Jose Ortiz. That just makes too much sense. I mean, not only do I think Shadow Dragon is the best horse in the race, the setup is perfect here for Shadow Dragon to be able to run from off it. Back to back to back. Graded stakes efforts coming in here. And now we're dropping to state bread. N1X Allowance Company. The be- the Holy Bull, clearly the best race anyone has on paper here. Billmont thought highly of this horse to put that horse in the Holy Bull. We talked about it when we covered the race. I had the horse in the race and it just missed. Although, hey, at least our, uh, our boy won. Um, this spot is just so much softer than, than what shadow dragon has been facing and the pace setup is perfect for shadow dragon as well it's one of those situations where you're like well if one of the two speeds doesn't go are we still gonna no there's like four speeds there's four horses that want the lead here there's six two other horses that have pace i think shadow dragon just gets a perfect setup and wheels home and i, I actually think we get close to two to one i don't think this horse is going to get bet off the board either because you know the 42 ace i think will take money Safflo's mission on the inside i think takes money especially with how well linda rice has been going so as long as those two take money and we get like eight to five, nine to five on Shadow Dragon. This is a, a pretty good single to have in the sequence. I used, I went three deep here, uh, all reasons that you nailed. Um, by the way, that Holy Bull race, the horses that he outfinished include uh, Il Miracolo, who is a current contender for the Belmont Stakes, uh, Lord Miles, who eventually won the Grade Two Wood Memorial, and Cyclone Mischief, who out of that race was third behind Forte in both the Fountain of Youth and the Florida Derby. By the way, second in the Florida Derby, your Kentucky Derby winner, Mage. So, uh, screams back class. You've got to use the horse. And I agree with you, Mike. I think this horse, because of the last two races, uh, you're not going to see this horse get completely bet off the board. Um, I almost, it wasn't my top pick, but I want to talk about the other horse that isn't going to go try and go for the lead, I think. And that's the three inspector at 10 to 1. Broke the maiden via disqualification last time out. Now we're facing winners and older horses in this spot, which is a little... Uh, it's a little frustrating, but or it's a little um, scary, I should say. But uh, first of all, getting a good price on the horse, ten to one, he's not going to be, you know, heavily bet. I don't think, even though he is owned by my racehorse. But uh, first time or last time out is his first time as a three-year-old. It was a, you know, first time as a gelding, uh, first time off of a long layoff here. And he ran really well. You had kind of a similar setup where the, he sat off the pace a little bit and the pace collapsed in front of him. And he and Refua were both going for it. And he was starting to really pass Refua. And then Refua just decided, uh, I want to play bumper cars with you and smacked into him pretty hard. And, and that's why the disqualification happened. But it was a good effort, especially, like I said, first off the layoff, first time as a gelding. Now we're second off, second time as a gelding, second start at three years old. And we're going back to Jose Lescano, who was the rider uh, the first three times for this horse for Steve Asmussen. So I'm going to use him. I think that 10 to 1 is, is one of those prices where I just, I need, it's too good for me to pass up when I have some questions about uh, Shadow Dragon. Like, I think Shadow Dragon is definitely the class of the field. I don't think he's just an absolute dominating horse. And so for me, the way I structured my ticket, uh, I did use the three inspector. And then real quick, I also did use the one horse, Saffalo's Mission at, at three to one. Linda Rice is doing really well. It's good to see her finally have some good luck. Uh, justice for Linda. But I think this horse is going to 
the way I've looked at the pace, I think the two, four, and five are definitely going to all gun hard for the lead. Um, you've got Kendrick Carmouche hopping aboard the two 42 A's, so you know that horse is going to be sent. I think Saffold's mission gets a good pocket trip, saving ground inside. And, and last time out, Dylan Davis uh, rode this horse pretty well. The horse did go to the lead and ended up not holding on, just finished um, second by a half length. But if you look two back, the horse was third behind Mason Mania, who beat him last time out, was three and a half lengths behind Mason Mania. So to me, that horse improved three lengths from one start to the next uh, with Dylan Davis in the saddle. And I think being a little bit closer, uh, this horse likes to be close to the pace. I think sitting off of the two of four and five a little bit, when they gun each other and burn each other out, he'll be the first one to jump on him. It's just a matter of, can he hold off the three? Can he hold off the seven, who you know is going to be churning? So I went 1-3-7 in this race. Yeah, it's interesting because like the one, uh, so 42 ace and Saffle's mission, I don't think want a mile on a 16th either. This is the one turn mile on a 16th. So if you want to make an argument that this is the right spot for them to do it, that's possible. But uh, mission impossible on the top, city zip on the bottom. Uh, I, I've got concerns going anything over a mile. And even at the mile, I mean, like went mile 137 last time. It was 139 and four the race at Aquabook before that. 140 flat the race before that. So the, the time's not exactly flying. If I tried to take a shot here, I mean, I guess you could make a little bit of a case for the six if you wanted to, who will not make the lead but come off it a little bit. And the eight, I think, is the other one you can make a little case for. But then you look at those and it's like, okay, well, we're coming out of a state bred allowance or state bred maiden special weight on the six where we dominated gate to wire and we're 13 to one in that race. It's a pretty big step up. And Union Fleet, the eight, like that's the horse to me that could be close to the pace and make a run. But again, 0 for 3 at the distance and doesn't really seem to want it. So I, it's just, it's tough for me to really get excited about anyone else in this race. And that was one of the main reasons I landed on the single with Shadow Dragon. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, as far as the eight goes, uh, that horse was uh, almost four lengths behind Saffalo's mission at this level going a mile last time out. You know, the race of Saffalo's mission almost won. So that's no eight for me. I think, uh, you know, you, you brought in some muddied form from Laurel Park where uh, the buyers for Laurel Park, they always seem to be a bit overblown for my taste. So I usually downgrade horses leaving Laurel and coming here. But uh, no wait for either one of us in this spot. Uh, Bri wants to know, when does Linda Rice serve her suspension? Uh, they announced it. What, 2025? <laughs> uh, 2037. Okay, there you go. That's, that's when, That sounds right, more like Right it. about when she retires is when she'll be suspended. <laughs> Uh, welcome to horse racing. If you're uh, if you're just tuning in, this is how we rule things. All right, let's move on, Mike. The penultimate leg of the Lay Pick Five at Belmont Park on Saturday, June third. Race nine, the Grade Two Penine Ridge Stakes for eight three-year-old males going a mile and an eighth on the inner turf. This is going to be a nice prep for the Grade One series of turf races over the summer at Belmont Park, starting with the Belmont Derby and then going to Saratoga, uh, featuring the return of the 2022 Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Runner-Up Silver Knot for trainer Charlie Appleby. I do not understand. I mean, I, I kind of understand why the, the eight is is nine to five. I'm shocked that the four silver knot is not the favorite here, Mikey's two to one. Yeah, I mean the four will be the favorite. Um and I, I don't I don't like the eight Farbridge that much. I was surprised by the run uh that Farbridge made at Churchill Downs last time. Webslinger came from way off it, was able to win at a big number there. I, I'm willing to let Farbridge beat me here. I wouldn't use Farbridge even if I wasn't singling here. Uh to me this was between the four silver knot and the six Calic. Uh, we mentioned Calic's race at Gulfstream Park, two back. I thought it was phenomenal. Then comes back at Belmont, goes gate to wire, gets a nice win against Open Company there. But haven't we learned our lesson? 
Like when Applebee sends these horses over, they're they're just kind of better. And you like Silver Knot was a dollar forty one favorite at the Breeders' Cup. Ran a really good second. I, I mean, should have won. Didn't really have the best trip. Like I thought was the best horse. Just misses mm-hmm. to Victoria's Road that day. And like you go back and you watch the race, and it, she had some trouble when she was way back in the field. Made a huge move, and then just couldn't quite get the job done. Uh, and they went faster. They went one thirteen to the six furlongs. They finished in one thirty five and four, and she was able to still make up some ground in between that time. So I think Silva Knot's the real deal. I think that you're going to see Appleby send some of these horses a little bit early, so they get prepped up for the U.S. Circuit for the big money races that are coming up over the summer. I think it's all systems go on the four. I'm just going to single up the four to try and get through this because, look, I don't want to use the four and the six, and I'm not going to use the eight. And to me, it's the four or the six. And so I'm going to go with what I think is a better horse, and that's Silver Knot. Uh, I'm going to pull up the replay right here, right here. You can see. So the Godolphin Blue is where this horse is. This is the horse we're talking about. And he's just going to ride the rail the whole time. And there's so many times he gets stopped or has to tap on the brakes or can't explode like he wants to. And Victoria Road, the winner, gets just a dream trip comparatively uh watch it's just crazy like this is mike was talking about the bad trip like right here okay what are we gonna do we got a horse slowing down they're pinching us off okay we gotta wait we gotta okay now we go through okay now we're gonna go now we've got to go and say now the three's gonna try and squeeze us all right now we're finally through meanwhile the one victoria road's just out for a fun little jaunt and, and even right here the four's got the lead it just i think i think having to tap the brakes and losing some bits of momentum just loses by a nose there so uh, that's what Mike's talking about when he brings is that uh, the horse had a pretty bad trip. Uh, I used the horse, of course, was my top pick. I did end up using the other one that you mentioned, the six Calic, who we talked about earlier, beat Cumberland, who's in the main special weight on this race. It, listen, if Silver Knot gets upset, it, how do we ever see the Charlie Appleby horses loose other than Frankie DeTore gives a shit ride? It's get because wired. there's a horse, there's a horse that gets loose on the lead. Look at what happened with Modern Games. We thought there was no way in hell Modern Games was losing the Makers Mark Mile. There was a horse, well, there was a whole crazy pace setup, and he was a little bit too far back, and it just wasn't his setup. It was, you know, there wasn't enough speed to come back to him there. Now, if someone else goes balls to the wall crazy, I think that's going to make it a little difficult for the six Calic. But he did actually show two back when he broke his maiden that he can sit off the pace and he can pounce on it. Lost the turf debut as a two-year-old to Batflip. Batflip exited that race to win the Central Park Stakes next time out. So a good horse to finish second to. Third off the layoff, third start at three, should give a career best effort. This is where Irad Ortiz Jr. is going to stay for the third straight race after winning the last two. So I went too deep because we saw uh, with a couple of the Appleview horses that have come over, they're not invincible. They haven't looked completely invincible. And it's been, you know, cases uh, where it's not to their favor with the setup. And that's why I'm going to end up using the six here. It's just to me, it's the speed is what beats him. Yeah, I mean, my ticket's 50 bucks. Uh, when I put the bombs together, I'll probably be four six here. Right. I mean, that's that's probably going to be what I'm come down to. I agree with you. Calic could could sneak away. I mean, that's that's just the honest truth. And if Calic gets loose, Calic is really dangerous. Where Silver not sits is going to be interesting. If you look back, I, I, she's or he, I'm sorry, has been both close and further back from the pace in Europe. Um, so you have a couple races where he's attended the pace. You have a couple races where he's been dead, dead last. So I'm wondering if Appleby is going to show a little more pace with some of these horses, um, but we'll see what happens. The other thing is that you've got two brown horses on either side of Silver Knot. You kind of think that, you know, the, the good old 
the good old squeeze play might be on uh, out of the <laughs> gate here. It's like, hey, congruent, don't go out. Hey, uh, Bell Rooney, don't go in. Like, and, and make Silverknot's life a little rougher so the Cal can easily clear and get over too. So it'll be interesting to see how the three brown horses play this uh, because obviously in New York in these turf races, handicapping Chad Brown and what his horses are going to do is as important as handicapping the horses in a lot of cases because you got to figure out which is going to be on the lead. Luckily, it's very easy this time to figure out which is going to be on the lead. Uh, the question is, how are the other two going to hamper the horse that I think is probably better? It's just a question of whether or not uh, Silverknot's going to be close enough to get the job done. We'll go to the uh, go to the chat real quick. Uh, Dennis says, "My biggest confusion is what happened last time with the four silver knot." Well, first it was a layoff, 183 days that he was coming back from, but he was also running on soft turf uh, in Newmarket. I want to sit. Was that the English Guineas? I'll have to go. Yeah, that was yeah, the English was... Guineas. So that was that was the Kentucky Derby of turf racing for for Europeans. So first of all, it's not. I'm not going to poo poo him for that, but he was on soft turf. If you look back when he uh, the last the only other race on turf where he really got beaten badly. It was on yielding turf. I think this horse just really likes the firmer ground, like you saw at Keeneland. Um, so I'm willing to forgive him for that one. Uh, and then as far as Far Bridge, the, we need to talk about this for a second. This is your 9-5 to five favorite. He's a nose away from being perfect in three starts. Almost won the grade two American at Churchill Downs on Derby Day. And Nick Feldman, I know he's a huge Far Bridge fan. He brings up a great point that Far Bridge was trapped inside last time, passed horses inside. And then he brings up why I'm very nervous about using this horse. Rosario was the one to fly home down the middle of the track. And maybe he will. Maybe he will. But I really can't feel that confident that Rosario's not going to get this horse into a world of trouble again, Mike. Well, and if, if your argument is, and that, by, by the way, the American turf collapsed, right? Can we agree on yes. that? Like that, yeah. that was a collapse race. So that, that helped Farbridge quite a bit in that spot. If you're worried that Silver Knot doesn't have enough pace to close, what do you think Farbridge is going to be doing, right? Because that, that really is the question. Is What is Rosario going to do with this horse? <laughs> I mean, I've watched enough to know Rosario is not going to hustle this horse out of the gate and try and get position in third early around the first turn. Like That, that just ain't happening, right? So yeah. if the plan here is, hey, we're going to try and come from way off the pace, uh, that's a bad plan. And I think Silverknot's better at doing that. And so that, to me, is why I kind of use one and not the other. Look, can Farbridge win this race? Of course Farbridge can win this race. Probably, in my mind, the third most likely winner, if you're really like breaking it down from a percentage angle. But if I think they're the third most likely winner, I have concerns about the ride, concerns about the pace, and I don't think he's the best horse coming from off it, and it's the favorite. Now, I'm not using that horse very often. Yeah, it's... Uh... Oof. But uh, again, there's also uh, you know a good question or a good comment that Nick Feldman also made. You know, Major Dude shipped to Penn. Uh, granted, that's also is a mile. I think is better for Major Dude at this point than a mile in the eighth. So I think that is also partially why Pletcher shipped Major Dude to Penn uh, Penn National for that Friday race. Which, by the way, you want the preview for that? Go to racingnews.com or YouTube.com/slash/racingdudes. Aaron Haltman did that preview. It's up right now on the YouTube channel. You can check that out. Um, and then Nick Sievers asked, why not keep Farbridge at Churchill Downs? There is the, was it the Audubon Stakes? $225,000 purse, so slightly higher purse. We know that he likes Churchill here. He's coming to a different track. The grade two really does mean that much, though, because if you look at the breeding here, Mike, it's an English channel. It was, you know, rest in peace. Uh, this is English channel's best horse right, running right now out of a kitten's joy mare. So if you're thinking potential stallion prospect, a stakes win for two hundred twenty-five dollars k at Churchill Downs or a grade two win at Belmont Park for $200,000, that $25,000 is kind of a wash because of what it does for you as a stallion prospect. And to be fair, the arguments in here, you know, do you think Farbridge? No, I don't. I think Silvernot's going off as the favorite. I do. But yeah. but I don't think Farbridge is going off at 5-1, to one, right? And I don't think Farbridge has a better than 20% chance of winning this race. 
So that to me is where you kind of get into it. It's like because the morning line is nine to five, you're naturally going to get more money bet on this horse just in general. Uh, it's also the favorite American horse. Generally, you're going to see more money come in because of that. And so when you kind of go through that process of it, the, the morning line, well, I agree is not it, it, it matters, right? It, it matters from a money perspective. And so I, I don't want to completely dismiss that the, the far bridge is the morning line favorite. When if I were setting this morning line, I think silver knot should be seven to five. Calix should be two to one and Farbridge should be like five to one. And that, that's just, you know, I, I would have to probably, well, but if I were setting morning lines, I would juice up a lot more horses. I'd have a lot more 20 to ones than what you see out there. Uh, but that's beside the point. I just, to me, Farbridge should be in that four to five to one range if you want to actually play the horse. And I don't think you're getting anywhere near four to five to one on race day. It's funny that there's three Chad Browns and only one of them could potentially take any kind of money. Uh, and that's the one I'm using here. Uh, by the way, we didn't talk about it, but Congruent uh, has moved to Chad Brown for this summer. They wanted to t tackle the uh, the New York turf racing, so they took him away from Antonio Sano. Um, a good trainer to move him to, but uh, he's got to be like, what, the eighth or ninth best turf three-year-old in that barn right now? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I mean, this was a stable mup horse. I think there's talent in this horse. Um, I, I think congruent. I don't remember which race I stabled this horse up off of. Um, was it the pulpit? I think it was. Yeah, it was the pulpit. The first time yeah. on turf where the horse ran third behind Ari Gold, who took the field gate to wire. I thought had a tough trip there. Was still able to make up some ground. They were pretty aggressive with this horse after that. I mean, went to the Daytona Beach, runs fourth, goes grade three kittens joy, then sends him on the Kentucky Derby trail over synthetic where he looked very, very good in the Bataglia, ran a 91, uh, which is, by the way, the second best buyer speed figure in this race so if i wanted to get kooky the five would be the kooky one for me like I, if i was going to go <laughs> three deep and i wanted to use a price it would be four five six I, I think congruent has the talent and the sparn switch i think cannot be under or overestimated here i mean going from sano to brown with a turf horse is a massive massive jump up so i wouldn't be shocked if congruent is the one that that makes this uh makes this thing pay uh nick wants to know tap it's like turf tap it's like everything except listening to directions that's the and, one thing they don't like and winning the kentucky derby oh shots fired all right let's move on fifth and final leg of the belmont park late pick five on saturday june 3rd hashtag tap it trice race 10 has 12 new york bred maidens plus four also eligible is going one and one sixteenth miles on the outer turf remember that's one turn these are New York breads in maidens in for $40,000 claiming tags. The absolute classic Naira final race on a Saturday. And we both just looked at this and like, we'll take half the field. Go yeah. ahead, lead us off. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the thrill of victory. The nine horse Michael Maker drops this one in class. And I, look, I felt like you almost had to use the class droppers here because this race is such a mess. This is one of the horses that's dropping from maiden special weight down to the maiden claiming level. If you draw a line through the one race that was run on the dirt and which you should because this is a turf horse. The race has got better a little bit every time. This horse debuts at Saratoga. Gaffleon gets the mount. Uh, so Maker, Gaffleon, Saratoga, that's who you want to see on him. Comes back second time out at Backwaduck. I read Ortiz picks up the mount. Like, okay, they think something of this horse. Uh, last time out, it was Toledo who rode this horse at Belmont. That's a little bit of a head scratcher, but we won't go there. Now we're getting second off the layoff, second time with Lasix and dropping down to our friends. I like five to one here as well. Pretty nice price in a wide open race. So I'll, I'll go with the thrill of victory, the nine horse on top. Uh, almost was my second. This is like my 1A top choice. Uh, and by the way, the Toledo Road, because literally, like, here's the jockeys that were available that day at Belmont. Gomez, Dylan Davis, Herman Harkey, Eric Kinsell, Vargas Jr., Trevor McCarthy, Carmouche, Juarez, uh, Romero Mara, I remember which one that was, and Katie Davis. Like, there's... It, 
it, it was it was Kentucky Derby Day. It was a little slim pickings for the jockeys in the New York Colony. That's why Jeff Antilio was aboard. But yeah, love all the angles that you mentioned there. Uh, Maker and Lascano, 5 for 16 in the past year. That's 31%. Hitting the board, a very nice 69% in the last year. So I uh, yeah, like right. this horse as well. Top pick for me, number three, War Prince at 9 to 2. Rob Atris and Manny Franco hitting at, 90, at 27%, not 97, 27% winners in the past year. This horse is going to be third start off the layoff, third start at 3. Uh, following a career best effort last time out when another horse that I used, I think you might have used as well, the two Barry, the builder, you know, he tracked behind him and was able to get past him late in a very similar race to this one. So uh, War Prince, my top pick. I think the this horse is primed to get a career best effort, just a matter of if he's going to be good enough to win. My second pick, another must-use horse here. I think War Prince makes a ton of sense. Uh, cutting back as well, you didn't mention the post last time, broke out of the 10 out of 12 hole, going a mile and a 16th on the Belmont turf course. That is a really bad post going a mile and 16th, the Belmont turf course, because they take essentially like a, we'll call it a quarter left turn, maybe a 16th into the race. And if you are outside, you'll just get fanned out wide and all of a sudden you don't have position. This horse actually tried to be close to the pace in that spot, ended up two or three wide on that little fan out, then had to track from that position. Wasn't a wonderful spot to be. I think the cutback is solid here for War Prince. So I, I like him as well. And of course, our boy Dan Franco in the last. That's all you got to know, right? Oh, I forgot about that angle. Yeah, Dan Tordman, Manny Franco in the last. So, yeah, one. so three was my uh, my second horse here. I'm going to go to the other maker. I believe it's the other maker. Yep, the 12, yep. Bad Larry, all the way on the outside. Uh, this one, to me, again, one of those spots where, look, I don't love Steve Asperson, specifically with turf horses. He didn't put this horse on turf. Maker decides to claim this horse has one solid workout here. Went, uh, got a, a bullet work, one out of 56, 47 flat there. Now putting, putting this horse into a turf sprinting race, city zip. I like that. Quality road on the bottom. I like that. Uh, so to me, this is a horse that probably wanted the turf. Maker now claims the horse, sends it over the turf. Dylan Davis takes the mount. I don't love the 12 posts. Uh, it can be a little funky, especially depending on what this horse wants to do. That last workout leaves me some hope that there's a little more speed than what we've seen in the past, though. I mean, this horse has not been forwardly placed. And, you know, ran $30,000 maiden claimers last time on the dirt. Now we're claiming jumping up to 40 and switching surfaces. I think there's going to be a little more pace today from Bad Larry. I think it'll be a little closer to the pace. And this is not a group of world beaters, and I trust Mike Maker off the claim. So I'll go with the 12 horse, 4 to 1 as my third horse in. You talked about the war prints. Like, boy, that's a, that 10 post, it's real rough. Let me tell you about the 12 post here for Bad Larry. Well, um, hey, 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 hey. We're sprinting here, right? Or am I making? No, never mind. No, terrible, terrible post. It's a bad post. Not going to lie. <laughs> um, I uh, I looked at this horse because it is the other maker and the ankle that you mentioned. He claims the horse and says, we're going to go right to the turf with you. I didn't like that at 4-1, to one, we've got Dylan. Which 4-1 to one is the morning line favorite from the well, not yeah, counting the also eligibles. Also will um, not be the favorite, P.S. Uh, boy, you should hope not there. Dylan Davis, 1 for 33 the last year riding for Mike Maker. So um, not necessarily his go-to jockey, and that's who shows up here. So all those things, that, plus the post, it kind of scared me off of uh, Bad Larry. If he was drawn you know, halfway inside of this field, I might be a little bit more interested there. But uh, just won't make the table. But again, this race, you could make a case for just about everybody. We're going to make a case for just about everybody between us here. Um, I did mention uh, Barry the Builder last time out was part of the pace. It was in the race where War Prince just kind of caught him late. I got up for fourth. By the way, Miracle Mike uh, is post 14. He needs two horses to scratch to get in. Um, but he's an interesting one as well. He was third in that last race as well. So watch out for him if he makes the field here. He is the, the actual morning line favorite at 5-2 to two if he draws in. Uh, but Barry the Builder, it's just he's a horse that kind of likes to be closer to the pace. And, and the fact that last time I was our first time dropping down to the claiming ranks, 
he was hounded. He was hounded pretty yeah. good. And I don't necessarily see that there's a lot of pace that's going to go with him here. And with these claiming ranks horses, especially on turf in New York, just get, give me a horse that I know is at least going to give me a shot at the quarter pole. If you're still in the lead at the quarter pole, turn it for home. I'm at least going to feel good about the chances there. Um, you know, the, the Jackie Torres is only 11% in the last year, but riding for Rudy Rod, he is 18% and Rudy Rod in the last year at Belmont Park, hitting at 20%. So uh, some things to like about that horse, but I'm not loving the five to one price. I, I kind of get why a little bit, but just because of the, the quality of the field here, um, I just need this horse to hold on. And, and I think maybe we found a field where he might be able to do that. Yeah, I don't hate the cap. I didn't use the horse because of the pricing. Because honestly, like that race last time was not good. Like that, to me, that was one of the bigger problems. Like if if not then, then when is one of those situations. However, second off the layoff should be the speed. I get it. Like I don't I don't hate the two as a use here, but I wanted to try and price hunt a little bit more. So I went to a couple horses with double digit odds. The first one for me was a six horse, just for luck here, uh, just for luck. Switching barns from Jack Sisterson barn over to the Raymond Handel barn here. Uh, Katie Davis stays aboard. Really interesting race last time because this horse was just wildly overmatched in a maiden special weight. Now that we're dropping down here, and if you go back to that first race on the turf, and I, know, I realize we're going back to October 15th, 2022, so it's a while back. Worthington won that race in a maiden special weight. I thought the horse ran really well, especially for being 75 to one in that spot. So right. I, I think there is some talent here. I think the switching over to Ray Handel, who's 12% first time t trainer, he's 26% second off the 148. And he is 27% with Katie Davis in the last two years. So I'm going to give this six a shot. I think there's some talent. I think we're going to see a little bit more, especially adding blinkers this time. Yep, uh, I did use this horse as well. And, and if you look at, I mean, this horse was not only overmatched in the first start, this horse has been overmatched in all three starts. And I almost left off because I thought, what if this horse just said, this really sucks. Like, I'm not running against anybody I can compete with. I'm just always in last. And, and I don't want to do this. But he debuted at Keeneland as a two-year-old. Super freaking tough spot. Goes to Gulfstream Park for the next start. That's right in the heart of the championship meet. Super tough spot for a maiden three-year-old. Comes to Belmont Park last time out. Uh, was, uh, drew the rail. Got shuffled way back and was 14 lengths back at some points. And just, again, never got out of last place. Probably just said, this really sucks. But uh, Katie Davis clicking, like you said, at 27% um, last time. I think that that's going to be part of it as well. Just, she needs to make sure, and hopefully the blinkers help, that make sure you just get this horse engaged early. Like Put a few horses behind him and see if he feels a little bit better uh, about himself. So I use a 6 as well. Um, and then you also, yeah, we both use the 8 as well as a long shot at 10 to 1 on the morning line. Silent running. Uh, began his turf career with two good efforts, running third by a pair of necks and then second. And then they tried a Saratoga Stakes after that while still a maiden. And, and I'm almost a little worried we just broke this horse's heart after that because it hasn't been hasn't been good for this horse ever since then. It has, has never been uh, closer than six and a half lengths of the winner at the final spot. But a couple of things are like Flavian Pratt last time out off of the long layoff, picks up the mount for a very low percentage barn. Jimmy Bond 11% overall in the past year, 6% in the last year at Belmont Park. Pratt goes, you know what? I'm going to ride this horse. Horse clearly, hopefully, just needed a race to knock the rust off. 132 layoff. Pratt keeps the mount. And I think that's a very interesting move. That This guy is one of the top turf riders in the country. Theoretically, he could have gone to the Maker horse, the, the 12 Bad Larry. right? He's ridden for Maker before. He could have had a couple of other spots he could have picked up. He stays with the 8. And that was interesting to me. Interesting enough that I want to keep the horse on here and hope that second time out, adding the blinkers like we did with the 6, maybe that makes the difference. Yeah, I mean, to me, the, the fact that Pratt stuck around, Pratt, the fact that it's second off the layoff were the two keys here. Uh, you mentioned that the races in like that Saratoga race, made in special at 75, is good enough to win this race, right? It's just whether or not we're able to go back to that. 
I think because we're adding blinkers as well, you're going to see this horse be more forwardly placed than we've been in the past, which I think is a positive as well, because that race at a mile and eighth at Belmont for 75K and the maiden special weight, the horse was on the lead. And that was the best race that we've seen from silent running. Uh, so I, I like the fact that we get Pratt, we get second off, we get blinkers. I, I think this is the horse that's going to be sitting in second behind Barry the Builder. And if that's the case at 12 to 1, getting first run on that horse, I love because I, I think Barry the Builder is most likely to stop. So give me the eight horse silent running as well. I think that's a, a logical winner here. Uh, neither of us used the first time starter, the only first time starter in here. Hari at 8 to 1 is Jose Ortiz, Bill Mott. We just talked with Shadow Dragon about how that's usually a, a, a good combination. But I didn't like that this is a first time starter who drew the rail and is going to try and go a mile on the 16th for the debut. It's not. Uh, not Mott's first, uh, or not Mott's best angle is doing that. I think this horse probably needs one and probably needed to draw five or six posts out here. Yeah, the, the rail was a huge issue for me. We also talked about like the debuting at a mile versus first time starters. First time starters, Bill Mott, 10%. Debuting at over a mile, 3%, 38 race sample size. So not what you, you see, not a successful move for Bill Mott very often. Uh, we hit all the ones. I just want to real quick. Vashan brought up the uh, so don't sleep on the six, which we use just for luck. Also the five, fluorescent bay uh, at twenty to one. Uh, last time out was the first time on turf. It was that race where Barry the Builder, uh, Miracle Mike was third. Um, War Prince was in that race. He never really got going, and a lot of the horses, the top few horses, three or four, yeah, the top three horses in that race all came from the clouds, which is where fluorescent bay was early. Fluorescent bay just never actually started running in that spot the rest of them you know kind of left him in the dust so uh i'm not going to use it's a i believe this is robbie davis and jackie davis which are oh i can't get this wrong they're either father daughter or they're a couple it's one of the two they're related i can tell you that much but uh i didn't have an interest in the five did you no i, I mean i watched that replay back just because you know we've had a couple horses in here that uh, obviously buried the builder <laughs> and then miracle mike who could draw in and I, like when i watched the five i was just like oh all right, kind of made a middle move, you know, didn't break wonderfully, but didn't really have a reason for falling back the way that that he did. So I, I'll let the five beat me if that's the case here. Yeah. Uh, Nick asks, is there a spot between New York bred maiden special weight and New York 40K maiden claiming? I think this is the one step down from from the maiden special weight, right? There isn't another, at least not once they're three and up. There, there's no uh, middle ground. On the turf, that's correct. I think they do have like 75K maiden claimers on the dirt, but I don't think they have that level on the turf. And I don't think they have it at Belmont right now. They may have some of those at Saratoga. That's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to talk about Saturday's late pick five at Belmont Park, uh, Saturday, June 3rd. The Penine Bridge is going to be an exciting race because, like I said, this is a race that kind of gets all the three-year-olds prepped and ready for the Belmont Derby, which will be uh, a little over a month from now. And then you've got the big turf series at Saratoga and then back at Belmont Park. So uh, lots of exciting things. Love to see the, the Appleby horses come over because even when they don't win, they're a lot of fun, and they just every time you see them on the track, they're just so beautiful to look at. But take a look at the beautiful list down below of our tickets. If I can put the stupid banner up, right, Magic? Come on, what are you doing? First, sorry, it's my first time running a show. I uh, will give out our ticket one last time for the audio listeners. If you've watched on YouTube, take a look. Here it is. I'm gonna go seven ten with five eight with one three seven with four six and then spread like crazy two three four six eight nine seventy two dollars, Mr. Samich. I'm going to play a 50 cent ticket with a couple singles here. I'm going to go 1, 3, 7, 9, 10 with 2, 5, 6, 8, with 7, with 4, with 3, 6, 8, 9, 12. Cost you 50 bucks for 50 cents.
Uh, earlier today, at uh, let's see, about uh, just about five hours ago, actually, Blinkers Off kicked off, so you can go check out uh, Jared and Aaron talking about the early contenders for the Belmont Stakes, which is a week from this coming Saturday. So uh, we're almost to the Triple Crown. I got to admit, you know, going into Preakness, Mike, I said if Mage didn't win, I wouldn't give a rat's ass about the Belmont Stakes. I'm starting to give a rat's ass about it. Not not a whole lot more than a rat's ass, but it is going to be interesting. I think from a betting perspective, at least, it's going to be an interesting race. Uh, I wish the storyline was there, of course, of, of chasing a Triple Crown because this is the 50th anniversary of Secretariat winning the Triple Crown. But uh, nonetheless, we still have some interesting races, so you can go check that out. Uh, Blinkers Off, they are. you can check it out on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast feeds. It's available. Uh, and already I see that Jared's got the uh, Belmont Six betting Bible already starting that as a pre-sale. So you can go check that out. Uh, Churchill Downs has a ton of races this weekend as well. Uh, lots of big purses available. Lots of good fields. Uh, Aaron did the preview for the Blame Stakes. So you can check that out at RacingDudes.com and YouTube.com slash RacingDudes. Barber Road is back following that. <sighs> that Keeneland win, Mike. We talked him into the winner's circle. Ugh. Yeah, well, everyone's got to win one sometime, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, that was his something. It's gonna be a while. To see, well, I'm not gonna do it. I don't want to talk him back into the winner's circle again. That was <laughs> that was not fun for me. It was fun for Shoddy. But uh, go check that out. See if Aaron shares our opinion or Shoddy's opinion about that. And of course, Silver Knot, the Penine Ridge, Vinny from Real Picks by Dynasty puts that uh, did that preview for us. And the Pen Mile. So lots of previews, lots of fun stuff happening over at RacingDudes.com. And of course. <laughs> you have Mike Samich with the Samba Bombs, the Racing Dudes Rockets, and the Premium Products. Nick Seaver says, by God, that shot is music. <laughs> Love it. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here, Mike? No. Uh, got interesting NBA Finals kicking off tonight. I think Denver is going to be going to roll. Uh, I yep. bet minus 13 and a half for Denver today, plus 170. So took a little piece of that. Make sure you're checking out Dudes a Bit Daily so you can get Magic's baseball totals. You've been freaking killing it, man. <laughs> wait we, we i appreciate that we as a team have been killing it i think uh uh let's see every day that i've been on in the last two weeks we have gone three and one with our picks or today we can't go three and one because papa dude didn't have a, a pit well we, we said if, if the parlay hit parlay. we were gonna count it <laughs> yeah we'll see what happens uh, there I can't remember. It was Astros. I know the Mets won. The Astros, that's the other angle. So we still got it. the Astros play yet? It was the Astros Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are down oh. in the seventh right now, bottom of the seventh. But that's okay because we need some runs in that game anyway. I got over nine and a half. We're sitting at four to two. Oh, yeah. That's a, yeah. Well, we know that the bullpen's really rough for Colorado and, and not great for Arizona. So we'll see how. But yes, tune into Dudes Who Bet Daily every Wednesday through Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. We have a lot of fun. We're giving out lots of winners. We are up for the year uh, by a few hundred dollars so far. We're going to keep that rolling. So love to have you join us there. Love to have you join us next time for the Magic Mike Show. Until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week, everybody. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.